The mind is stronger than the body. Trust that and watch what your body can do. My next guest is here to talk to us about her journey into the world of weightlifting and beyond. Hello and welcome to my podcast, Unapologetically KK. We've got the wonderful Amna Al-Haddad here and I am going to hand it over to her to tell us everything about herself. Hello, Amna. Hi, I am very, very happy to be here with you today. Um, So about myself, uh, I am one of the Emirati women who was part of the national team that qualified for the Olympics in weightlifting in 2016. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I'm also a journalist and a speaker. Great. Wow. Welcome to Unapologetically KK Amna. Um, I also want to add that you were the first Arab athlete who was invited to visit the Nike headquarters in Portland. And uh, you were part of the team for the development of the Nike Pro Hijab. So tell us a little about journey. I was actually living in the United States in 2015 till 2016. Mm-hmm. And during that year, Nike reached out to me to uh, possibly have me as one of their athletes that they sponsor. Because uh, they know that I had the Olympics coming up and I had been doing really well in the sports. And it was a very exciting times for me, but also very confusing. Of course. Uh, so it was... Uh, uh, so they reached out to me uh, in one of these random days and they said, Amna, we would like to invite you to the Nike HQ in Portland and uh, that you would be one of the first athletes to visit, um, you know, uh, the place. And we wanted to understand more about what your needs are as a Muslim female athlete. So that was very exciting that they are willing to hear us, that they were willing to uh, understand what our challenges were. How did that make a difference in your life? What is really interesting is I realize that sometimes in life, certain things happen through us, not necessarily for us to stay in it, Mm -hmm. but for it to benefit the world and benefit people around us. Mm -hmm. So I personally um, don't wear the hijab anymore, but through my experience, Nike had been inspired to create something to serve Muslim women globally. And for me to see women having a choice Mm -hmm. is truly one of the best things I could have ever asked for. And that truly gives me that satisfaction that my journey had a meaning and it actually helped others. Your journey might change, who you are might change, and that is okay. You are not what you wear, you are not your labels, you are not your titles. You are you because you're a human being and you're a light being. And sometimes things happen through us for others to benefit from, not necessarily for us to stay in it. So Amna, can you tell me what started you on this journey of weightlifting? So what started my journey into weightlifting is nothing like what people would expect. Uh, Most people would assume that you were an athlete when you were younger, that you had someone push you to do something that is very unusual in this region. Uh, But what actually started me out is the fact that I was actually dealing with um, depression and anxiety. And that was in um, 2009. And before I started weightlifting as a sport, actually, I just had decided that one day to go for a walk. And that walk changed my life because I had decided to change how I felt by taking action. So the moment I took action, I realized that I could take more steps and do more things that can change my situation. 
even though I cannot change the environment or what caused it, I could still change something. Right. And at that time, I was also on medication. And those medications made me feel very um, kind of like a vegetable, basically. And I did not like that feeling. So from there on, I went for a walk, after a walk, after a walk. And then I explored the gym. Right. And at the gym, I learned about lifting weights and how it can contribute to uh, reducing your body fat and having a better toned body and things like that. So it was never about being an athlete for me. It was just about empowering myself and giving myself the ability to become physically strong. But I love that, you know, what you've just told us, because people don't have to be born as athletes. They don't have to know from the minute that they can walk that this is what I'm good at. You can start at any stage in your life. There can be anything that can inspire you into this journey to, to reach to the highest level of, of what you want to do. And that is, is really inspiring to say that you never even thought about doing something like this. And it was just starting as an idea of wanting to get better, to feel better, that, that took you onto this journey. And how did you actually get into competing? Absolutely. I call, I call myself an accidental athlete. <laughs> so I became an athlete by accident, so to speak. Um, so one day I realized that one of the gyms that I used to go to, uh, they did not have enough weights and I was getting stronger. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to pursue something more serious. Right. So I found out a gym um, called CrossFit Gym, and I had no idea what that meant at that time. It was in 2011. Right. And I had reached out to the owner, and I was like, I want to train, I want to explore this, I want to learn more about weightlifting. And I started my journey just going to the gym. Uh, again, during the first session I went, I was able to add 10 kilos to, the, my, to my best lift. And that was like, wow, if I can do this, then maybe I could do something more. Wow. <laughs> um, so it was kind of naive as well. So I was very naive at that time. <laughs> I think that is the best thing to do because that's how kids achieve things that adults wouldn't even dream of because they don't worry about what's going to happen. Absolutely. 100%. I agree with you. And from there on, I saw that my uh, uh, coach, she was competing a lot. And I was like, what is that? So I started to explore competing by doing local events here in the UAE. And I remember I was the first and only Emirati woman at that time doing events like that. On top of it, I was wearing the hijab and people would stare at me like it's kind of weird that they have an Emirati woman competing among the Western community in right. events that are dedicated mainly for them, not for women from like my region and things like that, because it was not usual for a woman like myself to be doing things like that. So from there on, my competitive spirit kind of grew in me and I wanted to reach bigger goals. I wanted to achieve something that I could feel proud of. Yes. And you were <laughs> obviously good at it, which is why you were able to keep going further and further. Thank you. Um, I think it was more about the, the determination and the willpower and the want of doing it. It was not about how good I was or how bad I was as an athlete. It's not really relevant. Right. You can be an athlete at any stage in your life, at any level, mm -hmm. and you can still be an athlete. And um, so to go back to what I was saying, my coach was doing CrossFit and I wanted to compete at the Open. And this event is open to everyone all over the world. 
and all you have to do is sign up and you compete internationally with everyone. Right. At that time, the competition was not as hard as it is today, actually. It has changed a lot over the years. I had done the open, the competition, and I was able to qualify as part of a team to compete at the regionals, which was a huge, huge achievement because it is not easy to reach that kind of level, um, which is the regionals. That's where I had competed for the first time at an official, so to speak, event. Right. And I absolutely loved the experience. I saw how the athletes were, how they were competing, how they were supporting each other. And then it hit me. I was probably the only Arab woman there right. among many, many athletes. It struck me that we don't have enough representation or opportunities for women in the Middle East to compete, to take, take up sports, even just for fun. Right. Uh, so I decided to come back and focus on one goal because CrossFit is a sport that um, puts you like through different uh, activities like gymnastics, running, lifting, swimming. So it's not one particular thing. It's a mix of, of activities to keep it's, your entire body in shape. Exactly. And then for me, what I loved the most was the Olympic weightlifting aspect of it. Right. At that time, I didn't understand what Olympic weightlifting really meant. <laughs> Either. I was like, okay, I want to do that. I don't know what that is, but I want to do that. So I went back home and I said, listen, I'm going to focus on weightlifting and I'm going to put the Olympics as my goal. That's amazing. That's amazing to have that goal. And I think, you know, you need to dream big to go there. As they say, the only things that limit us is, is our dreams because we believe that we will never get there. So we don't even try. And to have those dreams just gives you the freedom to say, I'm going to see where this takes me. And, and that's, that's such an amazing aspect. Which brings me to my next question. How did your family react to this? Um, it was tough at first with my family. Uh, they did not understand what is it that I wanted to achieve and why. And I had actually quit my job at that time right. uh, as a journalist, a full-time journalist to pursue sports. So that itself was a whole story on its own to let go of, you know, the safety of an income uh, of a living, of a career, to pursue something completely different yes. was shocking for them. And my dad was very indifferent at first, so he didn't, he didn't really care much. Mm -hmm. He did not express his thoughts or feelings. <laughs> in the beginning. In the beginnings. Um, and my mom, her fear was that I would become masculine. Right. That As is, a lot of people believe that weightlifting does make you masculine, which is absolutely untrue. It is very untrue. And it's a big misconception that people believe that you have to also be physically big to lift a lot of weights. Right. That is far from the truth. You don't have to be big. It's about training your nervous system. It's not about how big your muscles are. Right. Um, so it took them a while to come to um, accept what I was doing. And I think they started to understand that a bit more after they have seen the success. Of course. And after they have seen also the personal changes in me. Because when I was a bit younger, I was very um, angry. So I had expressed a lot of anger as, right. as a teenager. And I redirected that anger into something more productive. 
Yes, into strength training, absolutely. Yeah. And and I guess with parents, I mean, I have two kids and, you know, you you want to be supportive and you think that sometimes that they don't understand the impact of the decisions that they're making or it's just going to be a phase and they're giving up something that could affect their entire life in the future. And, you know, but when you see the determination you see the passion and you see that they are really ready to put everything that they have into something that they believe in. You know, you can't help but support them, but it's, it, it's a journey. It's yeah. a process. You have to prove your determination to your parents for them to support you because you have to explain to them what you're feeling on the inside. Mm -hmm. You know, otherwise they won't know. They would just think, okay, she's doing this today. She's going to do something else tomorrow. And where's that going to leave you in five years, mm -hmm. 10 years time? So. I feel like that conversation to have with your family is so important and it's part of the process mm -hmm. to make them understand how much this means to you. Absolutely. And I think it's important that parents know that um, their kids will always be different than them. They cannot follow their footsteps. And the world we live in is very, very different now. And we have a lot of opportunities and options. And it's only natural we want to explore these options and opportunities. Absolutely. And um, by telling them no, they would definitely create a more of a need for them to want to try things that they probably wouldn't even have wanted to try just because their parents said no to them. Yes. So giving them the awareness. To defy them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So giving them the knowledge and awareness that, you know, every action has consequences and these consequences are going to affect them, not necessarily their family. So it's a more of a personal thing. Once they are aware of that, they will be more um, aware of the decisions, that, the decisions that they're taking. Right. And, and you know, they're, they're obviously going to be more likely to support you because they know you've thought this through. Absolutely. They know you understand what you're doing. And I think that's all any parent could wish that their kids do something that they absolutely love, knowing what they're getting themselves into. It's an informed decision rather than a whim just to defy them. So I am going to ask you about what has been the most vivid memory in your journey so far? I am not sure I have one. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that stands out that's, that makes you feel it could be the moment you were in the Nike headquarters, it could be anywhere between what you've done, you know, with the Olympics or, or even what you're doing now. Um, something that makes you feel, yes, this, I'm on the right path. This, this is what I always wanted to do. Um, I would say I had felt that moment after the journey was over. Okay. Not during. Because when you are in the doing, you are very much in this one lane. Focused. Picture, focus, picture. And you don't see anything else. You don't know anything else. But once I had actually retired and stopped, I decided to take almost a year off just to reflect. Right. Um, and that year, I realized that an important aspect of my journey is learning to accept it. Because my journey was not an easy one. Right. I had a lot of negative feelings toward it, toward my success. People assume when you are successful, you have a lot of positive feelings toward your success. But every time I saw my success, I saw my pain. Right. And that is something that people don't realize, they don't see. 
So to come to terms to accept everything I had to go through to be who I am today was probably the most vivid moment that I've had, knowing that I am on the right path, knowing that I am heading somewhere, knowing that my journey will make a difference. And and it's led you to where you are, to be doing what you really enjoy doing. And it's great, I think, to have that time to reflect. I think a lot of people, like you're saying, just keep doing, doing. They go from one thing to the next. And, you know, what now? What do I do? I've got this level of success. Now I need to reach further and go further, which is great. But you do need to step back and, and give yourself maybe a pat on the back and say, I've come this far, mm-hmm. you know, let me first appreciate what I've already been through mm-hmm. and then go and, and think about what I'm going to do next. And, and I think that must have had a major impact on what you are doing now. Mm-hmm. It, it must have helped you make that decision. So if you, wanted, if you can tell us a little about what it is that you learned from that year off mm-hmm. and, you know, what you're doing at this point. So I realized that we live in a very success-hungry world that we lose sight of what's important to us. Mm-hmm. So we want to achieve success all the time because that, that's what it seems everyone else is doing. And we constantly feel like we are being left behind if right. we're not doing something. And that year taught me that, you know what, Amna, it's okay to take a year off. and achieve whatever you want to achieve that year without it having to be something a big, like a big deal. Right. And I think there's a lot of um, harmful associations with success if you constantly want to achieve it. Because if you haven't accepted your success for what it is or who you are that led to that success, you will constant, constantly feel that you need to do more and more and more and more. And then one day you'll find yourself looking back at it and not having enjoyed it. Yes. And it's also what people expect from you, because once you reach a certain level, mm-hmm. they expect you to go to the next. And then from there, they, you know, like it's like they have planned your entire journey for you <laughs> yes. and you're supposed to now just live up to it. Yes, absolutely. And that's exactly what I came to terms with during that year off is that, you know what, I have my own expectations of myself. And even then I realize my own expectations of myself are flawed. <laughs> that's always the case I mean you always self-reflect and you always have to have you know see whether it's making you happy yes I think that's the most important thing that people forget that is what you're doing making you happy Mm -hmm. it's not that if you have decided on on a certain career in your life or you have decided on a certain path that it's cast in stone you don't have to keep walking that path if it's not serving any purpose in your life at this point, you know, because obviously you are growing, you are changing with all the experiences that you are having on a, on a regular basis. And you have the right to choose where you want to go next. 100%. You know, you don't, there's no, there's no pre-described formula to say, once you've done something, you have to do this next. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, from the time we are born, we know that, oh, we have to go to school. And then once we go to school, we have to go to this great college. And then once we go to this great college, we have to have this amazing career. And then at a certain age, we have to get married. And then after a certain point of time within that, you know, two or three years, we have to have children. And then it just keeps going. And I think a lot of people don't step back and think, no, what do I want to do? I don't have to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, I can. Mm-hmm. 
but I don't have to. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's such an amazing feeling. feeling. It's it, to have that freedom yeah. to to step back. It, mm-hmm. I think it takes a lot of courage mm-hmm. to to actually step back mm-hmm. from that mm-hmm. successful position and mm-hmm. say this is not serving a purpose in my life. Yeah. So I I want to I want to talk about how this journey has impacted other women. Have you met other women who've come to you and told you that they've heard your story and they've gotten into sports? You know, they've wanted to compete. Um what's actually interesting is I've had men reach out to me <laughs> saying that they have picked up weightlifting because of the videos they have seen of me lifting. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um so I had women as well um reach out and I think for them it was more about not necessarily the sport itself or um picking up sport but realizing that they also have a choice in what they can do in their lives. If they choose to pursue it, they can because somebody else did. Yes. And I think that is more powerful than me saying I impacted five women to pick up weightlifting. Right. Yes, because, to just yeah. choose a career that they they thought they didn't have the option to choose. For me personally, I always believe that my journey is not about inspiring people, so to speak, the way it is being used these days, but it is showing them that they have a choice. Because my life has all been, all, all, this last few few years has been all about choices, quitting my job, pursuing weightlifting, stopping weightlifting, pursuing a career in speaking. So it's not about what you are doing and you don't have to be stuck in it. If, like you said, it's not making you happy and it's okay to change direction. It's okay to change careers as many times as you want, as long as you feel happy with what you're doing and content as well. Exactly. And I and I think I love what you're saying, but I don't think anyone sets out to inspire people. They just they just need to understand that what they're putting out there is having an effect on other people. Mm-hmm. Now you can put positive things out there or you can put negative things out there. You can make someone feel great by coming on to your social media feed or you can make someone feel really horrible with their life and saying oh i'm never doing this and i'm not you know i'm never going to be able to do this and and part of of actually doing the podcast and part of having the conversations is to say that we need to talk about the struggle mm-hmm. we need to talk about the reality mm-hmm. of what it takes to get to the top what it takes to to stay there you know it's not a straight path mm-hmm. it's not that you're sitting one day and someone comes up to you and hands you something on a platter no there's a work that is a journey sure. yeah a is. tough one yeah and there's no reason why someone else can't uh, can't do it for themselves absolutely you have to believe and and that's why people like yourself give someone else even even the hope mm-hmm. that maybe i can do this as well mm-hmm. because i'm seeing someone mm-hmm. who has done it mm-hmm. it's not a story it's not someone who's living far away who doesn't have the same social and family constraints as i have it mm-hmm. is someone who is exactly like me mm-hmm. you know and i think that is so powerful as mm-hmm. a message to mm-hmm. to inspire people that way Absolutely. just with your life not by saying things mm-hmm. but by doing them mm-hmm. and and i just i just want to talk about what kept you going when things got tough yeah um that's a really good question um there were many many moments that i wanted to give up and walk away from all of it and 
I came pretty close to just walking away from all of it many times, to be honest. Um, because of the fact I had really struggled with funding, finding the right coaching, I had to leave the UAE to find a place where I could train at abroad, and that came up with its own set of challenges as well. And what kept me going is the simple fact I wanted to honor my goal, mm-hmm. and I wanted to honor the fact I put something ahead of me for myself. So at some point, I have lost sight of what I, what I was doing and why I was doing it. Right. And here's the thing about goals. A lot of times they would tell you, if you want to walk away or give up, think back to what got you started. Right. That doesn't always work. Sometimes you have to create a new reason. Yes. And that's what I did. For me, it was to genuinely just to honor my goal, walk it through to, to, walk it through to the last minute, no matter what happens, whether I end up going to the Olympics or not. Right. was not the goal. It was about giving myself that chance to see how far I can go, regardless of everything I've been through. Right. And uh, for me, that was uh, what, what kept me going. It was the, um, just honoring the goal. That's amazing. So tell us, going back, thinking about your, your time when you were training, what did you love most about it and what did you hate? Um, what I loved most about it, it is amazing to feel you are physically strong to put weight over your head. It feels so powerful to do that. And that feeling makes you feel as if like you're invincible, that you can get anything done, that you can do anything in life, no matter what the challenges are, no matter how heavy things get, you can still get there. Um, And what I hated the most is the days where it was really hard, where your body's exhausting, exhausted, your mind is exhausted, and all you want to do is walk away from it. And you just have to find a way to push yourself. And that is where mind over matter really matters. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Because training and competing is not just about the body. It is about the mind. Yeah, 90%. 90%. 90%. Wow. 90%. Yeah, exactly. So everyone who's sitting there and who doesn't want to even get up and go for a walk, that's what it is. It's in your mind. You have to make sure that you tell yourself, I can do this. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about your holistic fitness approach now, combining the mind and the body. Yeah. So um, after I have finished my um, Olympic experience and journey, I, during the journey, actually, I was severely injured. I have a disc in my lower back, Mm -hmm. and that was um, a big point for me where I had to uh, think about redirection and what I wanted to achieve physically, mentally, goal-wise, and I had decided to approach fitness from a holistic point of view instead. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is that fitness has a lot of different components. It's not just your physical fitness, it's also your mental fitness, it is your meditation, it is your breathing. All of those things, they take into account into your overall health and fitness. Right. Uh, So my approach has been more about healing and recovery this last couple of years because uh, my back has not been doing well for a very long time and I had been doing more Pilates, yoga, meditation, dancing, so very different kind of activities that 
made me realize that I really like to explore all aspects of physical fitness. And what I love the most is activities that allow me to focus. So things like rock climbing, surfing, you have to have your complete focus in, in, in what you're doing right now in that moment. Right. And that really helps a lot my mental aspect of things because it teaches me to really switch my brain when I need to take action towards something. Okay, it's time to focus, time to get up, do it. You don't think twice, you just do it. On top of that, I've learned to take days off when I need to. That's a big part of self-care. So whenever I felt really down about life, about whatever that was going on in my life at that time, I would just get up and go for a walk at the beach. I still do that on a daily basis because it gives me a lot of peace of mind. We have amazing resources in the country that you can use for your own best interest, find ways to make yourself feel better. Even if, if things are not going your way, mm-hmm. you can still take a road that works for you. Absolutely. You have options. That's, that's what you're saying, that we all have options to make ourselves mentally and physically better. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Amna. This has been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for coming and inspiring us. And and I wish you all the very best. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. This is Unapologetically KK. Thank you for listening and speak to you again soon.